0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to season four, episode two. My name is Eric and you have just entered into the mind of the craziness of Eric Booth. Sit back and listen or try to comprehend what the hell I'm talking about? Welcome to the craziness that lives inside my head. This podcast is going to be on the part two of my retirement series. And I'm going to talk about the jobs I had in my young adult life Um, I left the last podcast of the series in 1969 when I was working as a uh, substitute clerk in the United States Post Office and I was in my senior year at George Westinghouse George Westinghouse Vocational Technical High School that's what it was called in 1969. I graduated in 1970 and in September of 1970, because I was still working part-time at night, going to school, working at night at the post office. Then when 19 when I graduated, I worked that whole summer, and it was a year, I think October made a year that I worked there and I became a regular clerk. That was 1970 at the United States Post Office. I became a regular clerk. Now Technically, you could say I quit that job, but theoretically, I got fired. (laughs) President Nixon was the president at the time of the country. And President Nixon gave federal employees New Year's Eve off. But I worked for the post office. So we still had to come in. This is New Year's Eve, 1970. We had to come in. But we didn't have to put in um, our full time, our full day. I always come in early anyway. So I'm sitting there, I'm an hour early, waiting for work, because I know they, what they was doing, they were sitting sending shifts home. If you did your shift, you work your two hours, you go home. So I couldn't, I, was, I, had, I had my whole night planned. My whole night was planned. You know what I mean, on New Year's Eve night, you know what I mean. My whole night was planned, so. My shift started, and I'm sitting there hearing the uh, the loudspeaker letting all these other shifts go home. So my shift start I think around six o'clock. So I figure by eight o'clock I'm out of there. So I start my shift. I'm hearing that the shift shift before me was was told to go home, and I'm sitting at the mailbox, boxing mail. Then I hear uh, now, and I'm looking at the clock. Oh, it's two hours. Now I can go home. Well. The loudspeaker, who, uh, the announcer on the loudspeaker, the building, had announced that my shift, the 6 p.m. shift, had to work the normal eight hours and a mandatory of two hours overtime. I was livid. I was livid. I'm on a, I had my whole night plan, my whole New Year's Eve night plan. I did not want to be up in no post office, boxing, no mail, to 2, two, two a.m. or 3 a.m. in the morning. So anyway, I was just running off with the mouth. I mean, now I'm yelling at people. what, is, what, what the hell do they think we are, slaves? And then this this guy came to me and he said, "Well, I have all this mail. They had mail piled up to the ceiling." He said, "I got all this mail. I got to get this mail out." And I said, "Well, who was the jackass who sent all the people home to do the mail? I mean, you don't wait. You don't keep that mail up for uh, the, 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 for the last two shifts." So the guy looked at me. With a smirk on his face He goes I am that jackass And I think You should res- Should either quit or resign You should resign now as we said You should resign right now Because I'm sending you up on charges And you're gonna You're gonna get fired And once you get fired You can never work for the government So I was gladly Because working for the post office To me And mind you At the time I just started going to CCNY So working at the post office To me Wasn't no big no big deal. So I resigned. And that was in 1970. I resigned greatness. And then I went out party my ass off. And then I woke up the next morning, my mother woke me. Oh, you must have had a good time. You know. And I said, "Yeah, I I quit my job." She said, "What? Why you quit your job?" I said, "Because they wouldn't let me party." <laughs> so I need a job. I told you about my mother. And her philosophy, if you want something, you got to work for it. And I was going to City College. I was on what they call a stipend. So I was free to mission. I was on a stipend. But that stipend can't, couldn't keep me in the luxury of the life that I was you know, used to. So I had to get another job. So I started working for the yellow, I, I drove a yellow cab for two years. I drove a yellow cab for two years. And I only worked, it wasn't one of those jobs which you had to be in. You, you know I mean, you had to do. I think one or two. I think they had shifts, and you call up if you want to do a shift for a week or whatever. So I only call up if I want to work, if I don't have any money after I go through my stipend, if I don't have any money and I want party money, and that was okay. I would come in for the the nice shift, and I did the yellow cab. You know, I did that for two years. Um, somebody always said, "Well, what? Ha- anything exciting happened when you did that job?" And I would say, "Yeah, I picked up this old lady with with no teeth." In downtown Manhattan. She lived in Upper West Side. I drove her to her her house in Upper West Side. And that's when she told me she didn't have any money. But she will give me a blowjob. And that's when I said, no, get out. (laughs) Get out of my car, you old bitty. Then there was another, I said another time, there was two girls, two women, I shouldn't say girls, in the back of my car. I picked them up in Midtown. And we're going up Upper West Side again. And I don't know what they was doing in the back seat. Now, mind you... The cabs had a, 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 what you call, a partition. Because cab drivers were getting robbed a lot. And getting, I, I remember uh, an incident before they put the partition, how one, one cab driver got stabbed stabbed in the back while he was driving and got robbed. So it had a partition and it had a, mental, a metal, excuse me, a metal plate. So you couldn't do that in the back. You know, if you sit in the back, you couldn't stick a knife in anybody back. So they... So anyway, these two women were back there. All I know was the partition. I could see them back there doing something, whatever they was doing. So anyway, I got them to their uh, destination, and they ran out on me. I said, "Okay." They ran out on me. I want to keep you in mind because I'm going to come back to the post uh, to the uh, excuse me to the yellow cab. I drove a yellow cab again in my travels, but I want you to I want to remind you in this story. Yellow care drivers, all the tips. Well, the, well, the tips were ours, but the fare we only got forty nine percent of the fare. So if I took somebody and it was five dollars, well, what I got two fifty $2.50, two dollars and fifty six cents or two dollars and fifty five cents, and the rest went to the boss. That's how it was in nineteen seventy one. Now, what happened with that job is. I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm going to tell you. I was driving a yellow cab. I stopped off at my sister's house. My oldest sister, I stopped at her house. She was partying down, and uh, I said, well, let's go get some more liquor. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. I was doing the night shift. I had my cab. All I was supposed to do was stop there, wish her happy birthday, and take a drink. But no, I had to take them to Brooklyn to the bootlegger to get more liquor. So I... They piled into the back of my, they piled into the the cab. I mean the cab was really packed. I think I had her, another sister, I think two more sisters, their children, and some guy. It was some guy in the cab. don't ask me who it is. Um, And we were packed. I couldn't hardly move to drive. And we're on the East River Drive, and it's a two lane. And this guy, this is three o'clock in the morning, wouldn't let me pass. He's trying to, uh, every time I go fast, I'm in the right lane, if I go fast, he go fast. If I go slow, he'll slow up too. So he was edging me on for a race. So that's what we did. I raced the guy. I raced it. We raced down, down the AC River, River Drive, and before we got to the curve, which is around um, the United Nations Building, before we got to that curve, I couldn't negotiate the curve. I hit the wall. I hit the other the the railing. I flipped the car. Flipped the cab over. We skidded on the, on the hood of the cab down to where it got level, and the cab burst into flame. Now, my older sister who was with us, she had her platform shoes on, and she took her platform shoes. She was in the front seat with me, and she kicked the windows out, and that's how we got out of the cab. She kicked the windows out, and we had to open the door for the other, other people, and we all standing there, and luckily we got out just in time before the, the cab blew up in flames. You say, wow, that's exciting. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I was so high and so, so on. I was smoking angel dust. I just stood there and looked. I said, oh, well, <laughs> that's all I did. And then the, the police officer said to us, if it wasn't for the fact that we, we had, I had too many people in the cab, if it wasn't for that fact and the fact we were all drunk, we probably would have died in the cab. So anyway, next morning I got fired. I got fired from that one, too. I got fired from that, that job driving a yellow cab. Well, well. But mind you, like I keep saying, I got fired. And Mama always told me, if you want something, you got to get a job. So now, that happened in, I think, spring of 73. That happened in spring of 73. And then, summer came. So I wasn't going to school. I wasn't getting a stipend. I had to make money. Mama wasn't going to give me any 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 money. So what I did was I went and got um, a factory job working in a factory. Now my mother worked in a factory for a long time. She used to "Tell me about it." So I worked in this factory in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It was it was a factory making metal frame doors. So that's what we that's what I did. All it was was a big machine. You put all that. All the machine does is bent 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 the how you say bent the not the joints but bent it into a, a door frame. So you put I have, I work with this guy. So we held the door up. We threw it this way, and the machine comes down and bend it. Then we turn it around. Machine comes down and again bend it, and they turn it around and bend it. And that's it. Then we put it on a rack, and they took it, take it someplace else to do something else. So imagine doing that all day. So and then partying all night. Got to be there eight o'clock in the morning. I'm not. I mean. Hmm. I don't think I was a morning person, so I would do that for an hour. They well, you do it for two hours. They give you a coffee break, and then you do it for another two hours. You go to lunch or whatever. But I couldn't even hold out to the to the coffee break. So I would tell the guy I had to go to the bathroom. I would go to the bathroom and take a nap, and that's how I got fired from that job. The manager caught me in the bathroom in, in the store sleeping. That's another job I got fired. But again, I. I gotta keep going on mama said you can't can't stay in this house unless you got a job so a few months a few months later I got a security job with electric security I had that job for three years from 1973 to 1976 so I worked there it was a night job I was going to college in a day so it was a night job it was I think I had to be uh, I had the 11 o'clock, what they call the midnight shift. So I worked from 11 to seven. And I did that for a while. And then the it was in Brooklyn College, the downtown campus. I was the security guard uh, there. That's where they had me stay, stationed at. And the thing is, I didn't get along with one of the um, head teachers. I don't know what he was. All I know, he was running running the downtown campus. And we, him and I didn't get along, and he made a complaint, couple of complaints. I mean, yeah, they found liquor bottle in the bathroom. They found liquor bottle. I mean, I was going to places I wasn't supposed to go. They had a student lounge. I fell asleep, I took a nap in the student lounge. Nobody's there from from 11 from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Nobody's there, I think around two o'clock, I go to the student lounge and take a nap with my liquor, with my bottle. Anyway, it was me. I, I will say, no. That wasn't me. I'm in the office, in the security office. You know, I did have to make my rounds three times a night. I mean, I made sure I got up to make the rounds. So, anyway, to make, you know, I didn't get fired, but they they shortened my hours. I went from working from 11 to 7, five days a week, to just weekends. And when I work weekends, whoever didn't show for their shift, that's when they'll call me. I only lived like a block away from Brooklyn College, downtown campus at the time. So, I would get a phone call, who knows, in the middle of the night, anytime, well, if they can't call me if I'm at school, but anyway, they'll give me a phone call and let me know, well, so-and-so is out sick, come on in, You, we give you a day's work. So anyway, uh, how did I leave that job? I, I'm not sure, I don't know if I quit or I got fired, but chances are I got fired. Oh, I know how I left the job. I forgot. I know how I left the job. I gained weight. I gained weight. And that was one of, that was one of the main... Um, the, that, that person who didn't like me, didn't like the fact that I was getting fat. So I had to wear my... I wasn't wearing my uniform. So they came out. cause I worked nights. So I didn't have to wear my uniform. So I had to wear a uniform. And the thing is, they sent me to... to uh, I think it was the Army and Navy store to whatever it was, to get the the pants. I couldn't fit into the suit. They only went up to size 40 something. And I had a 50 50 inch waist. They had no uniform for the 50 inch waist. That's how I lost the job. And he said, listen, you gotta wear a uniform. I can't put you, so if I could get the pants, he said, you get the pants, but you can't wear the jacket. I had to go to Army Navy store to get the pants. But I couldn't wear the jacket, and I couldn't wear the shirt. And the t- you had to wear the uniform. So that's how I left lost. I didn't really. You could say I got fired, but um, if I lost the weight, he said, "Come back, try to lose some weight. Come back and get in the uniform. We gotta, you can, we could put you out in the, to work again." And that was 1976. But meanwhile, in 1974, while I was doing this, so that's why I worked. I, I worked. I worked at Hertz rent car in 1974 I mean I was only working weekends 1974 with the uh, lecturer they weren't they weren't hiring me to do uh, five days five days work so Hurst rent a car was a train I was a transporter that was you had to do 15 shape-ups a month in order to keep your job and what is a shape-up shape-up is when you come in it was after school so I came in there yet it's at six o'clock 6 p.m. shift. You go in there. There's this 15 or 25 of us. We pick numbers. Of course, the lowest, the highest number, well, it goes from 1 to 25. So they need 25. Let's say we, the 25 people, we pick 25 uh, those numbers. And if they only need like 15 guys to work out of the 25, the first 15 get to work and the rest go home. That's was a shape-up job, which I didn't mind. But if I didn't get to work, I just went hung out at the bars. So anyway, I did that. Um, that turned out to be okay. I worked at Hertz in a Car because 1974. That was the only job I had because I got. Um, I should say 1976, since I got, couldn't do the, um, the the security guard job. So I wanted doing the Hertz job after after school, five days a week, and I just party on the weekends, and that lasted to 1979. But in between that, I've always had a job, and sometimes I had two jobs. And between that, it was it was Christmas holiday, Christmas, nineteen seventy five, and I and I not got. I was working at Hertz. Uh, the six the six it only worked from what was it six to ten, or six to eleven. Uh, five days a week at night. But then i need more money i got my first apartment in 1975 so i went and got i went back to the 96 post office because they had holiday they hire to do christmas stuff you know christmas boxing mail christmas packages and they were hiring as part-time so i went back as a part-timer and i did work there part-time for the christmas season and they let you go sometime in january but i did and then i tried to apply for full-time because i figured well this way if I work for the post office again full time and that night shift I don't have to do the Hertz the Hertz thing was only like 4 hours 5 hours you know, a night and sometimes you make good money sometimes you don't well anyway I did put in forward and I was denied and they gave me a reason why I denied it had something to do with my record now <laughs> yeah, moving on moving on like I said I st- Mind you, remind you, I still work for Hertz Rent-A-Car. Um, that was the only thing I was doing. I wasn't making that much money. I was still going to City College. And this is now, it was 1976. The summer of 1976, I got a job, a summer job. Mind you, I was on a stipend, too. and a stipend didn't help you, you didn't get a stipend in the summer. So I got a summer job in 1976, working for American Foresight Company, selling pots and pans. Door to door, to married, to um, newly wedded, mother, uh, women or women who are engaged. I don't know where they got the list. They had this big list of all the girls. This was in um, this was in Brooklyn, the part of Brooklyn that I, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, Bedford died But I've been working in places in Brooklyn I didn't know exist, and this was. I'm trying to think of what part of Brooklyn this was. But anyway, it was somewhere not far from Williamsburg. It was in that section next to Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and they had a list of girls, young girls, who was engaged to get married, and I had to go door to door on this list and try to sell them pots and pans. They were stainless steel pots and pans, non-stick, I think, and that only lasts for the summer. And then, and then, I graduated. City College in 1977, February 1977. So now I got my bachelor's degree and a month later I went and got another selling job at the uh, Equitable Life Insurance Company selling life insurance door to door. And I did that for two years. And they let me go, mind you, I did that for two years. I I told you I had my first apartment in 75. Now it's 77 and I was moving into a new apartment in Park Slope. So the first year you work, they give you a salary. So I started in 77 and from 77, I moved in, I moved December 77 to Park Slope. So by 1978, I worked there a year. And after a year, you have to make a commission. They take you off a salary. And it goes by commission. And I then I worked. That's the second year, and they had to let me go because what happened was, um, I wasn't make. I wasn't bringing any any revenue. I couldn't. I tried to sell every policy, insurance policy I sold, lapsed out. You know. But when you sell insurance, they give you your your commission right up front. But, and they was losing money on me because they'll give me my commission right up front, and whoever I sold it to was to pay the the, the premium for my six months and then they'll let it lapse so anyway they told me they had to let me go mind you I was still working at Hertz Rent-A-Car, so I had two jobs at the time I had rent to pay so anyway they let me go in 1979 it was January 1979 they let me go then Hertz Vinical did something interesting It was it was a unionized it was a unionized job and the union decided to go on strike I was in a the union. Um, they wanted hertz to pay us um, a regular salary. Hertz didn't pay us a regular salary, person not give us any any uh, how you say benefits, any health benefits, any, nothing if anything. And that's what they was fighting for. They went on strike. Meanwhile, I had rent to pay. I had I had, I had two jobs helping me out and you know, and I called mom. I said, "Mom." she goes, she said, "I'll help you this time." But you better get a job within two months because I'm not gonna be paying you. My mother paid my rent for two months for me, and to make a long story short, because that's another podcast, I couldn't I couldn't survive, you know, a, a mom. So I had to give up my apartment. I gave up my apartment, sold all my furniture and everything, and move out to San Francisco. If you was bored listening to this podcast, I don't blame you. It's quite boring, isn't it? Meanwhile, I had a lot of fun, but it was party, 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 party. It was the 70s. Disco, disco, party, party. Shake the booty, shake the... Thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head. The journey that began in 2018 continues into the 2040s. Dr. Fernandez has found a way to infuse the God particle into the DNA and genes of a hybrid human. All that is left is extracting these DNA cells from the hybrid human.